And now I want to invite all the children to come forward a little closer to your screens and join me for a moment together. I hope that you have had some time to enjoy the beautiful snow outside. I was so happy to wake up one morning this week and just see the smooth white layer of snow on my backyard it was so beautiful. And I got to go outside in it too. One of the things that made me so happy was looking in the snow and seeing different animal tracks. I took pictures of the tracks and then I looked it up on the internet to see what kinds of animals had walked through our backyard. And it, there was a deer, there was a rabbit, there was a squirrel. I was hoping for a fox because we do have a fox in our neighborhood, but I didn't see any fox prints. And then of course there were the paw prints of our dog Gabby. And then there were all of our footprints, those of us in our family. And seeing all of those footprints in the snow made me realize something. I think about that space behind our house as our backyard, but you know what? It really belongs to everybody. It belongs to all of those animals. A lot of animals make their home in that backyard. Birds come and eat. And I thought, maybe my job, since this little piece of land is behind our house, is to help take care of all the plants and animals that might pass through. It makes me want to maybe put up a bird feeder for these winter months and find other ways we can help take care of the animals, because it's their yard too. Let's pray together. Gracious God, in this story of Noah that we heard Patrick read, you remind us that you are a God of all creation and that you love animals and you want the earth to be a safe place for all of your creatures. So help us do what we can to take care of animals and the plants and all of creation. And thank you for sharing this beautiful earth with us. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me. It's fun to hear the story of Noah's Ark in worship. It's a story I have loved since I was a child. It's a story that's fun to teach to children. It's easily accessible to children because it's a story about animals and there's a boat and there's a rainbow. I just remember loving this story when I was a child and singing about the, the archiarchy that Noah built, you know, and the animals, they came in, they came in by twosies, twosies. Oh, Vacation Bible School, one of my favorites. So it's a, it's a story that we often tell children and that we often love as children. But when I became an adult, and started reading the scriptures for myself and, and studying them in college and in seminary, I read this story of Noah for the first time myself, and I began to see a darker side of the story. I began to ask a lot of questions of this story. It seems that, that God just willingly destroys the earth except for Noah and two animals of each kind. How do we wrestle with those questions? As one who was shaped by the church, and particularly the Methodist church, 
I have come to believe that at the core of everything, the core of everything I believe about God is that God is love. And so how do we put this story of of the flood up next to this understanding of God as love? Well, it's an invitation into that great wrestling match that we are always invited by the scriptures to wrestle with them, to ask our questions, to, to peel away the layers, and to realize that we will never come to a final answer, but that there is blessing in the wrestling. We will peel away one layer and there will be another layer of meaning to explore and to wrestle with. So if you will join me in wrestling for a little bit with this story of Noah and what it reveals to us about who God is and about our relationship with God and God's relationship with us and and our relationship with, with each other and all of creation and God. What does this story have to teach us? Well, first of all, I want to say that I think this story was meant to be a teaching tool. I invite us to read this story, perhaps not as history and not as a science text, but as a story that was told from one generation to the next to try and tell and teach about the heart of God and about the relationship of humankind with God and with creation. So what does the story teach us about God? Well, to get at some of those questions, I'd like to focus primarily on the rainbow in this story. Of course, the the story of Noah takes up several chapters in Genesis. And what we've heard comes at the end of the flood, after Noah and his family and all of the animals have emerged from the ark. And Noah has built an altar and worshipped God. And now God speaks to Noah and all who are gathered and initiates a new covenant. And the sign of the covenant is a rainbow in the clouds. If you go back and read that verse where God first introduces the rainbow, God says, I will put my bow in the clouds. What if we think about the bow here as a weapon, the bow and the arrow And God is saying in this moment, I am hanging that up and I will never pick it up again. I will not be a God of destruction. I will not be a God of punitive rage. I will not be a God of revenge. I am putting that bow in the clouds. And perhaps this story is meant to teach the people of God that our God is not a God of destruction and revenge and wrath, but a God of covenant and new beginnings. Even throughout the story of Noah, from the very beginning of this story, the way that it's told, God's actions do not come out of anger and wrath, but out of grief and a broken heart. God has created humankind to be in right relationship with God and right relationship with the animals and and the plants and all the earth. And yet humankind has proven themselves to be uninterested in that relationship. 
They've turned away again and again to wickedness and selfishness. And it breaks God's heart. And so, as new life emerges from the ark, and as God places the bow in the clouds, God says, let us renew our relationship. Let us enter into this covenant that I initiate out of my love and my longing to be in right relationship with you. This is a sign that I will not be a God of destruction and revenge and wrath. Another thing I love about the rainbow is its completeness. I'm not a scientist. I don't even play one on TV. But my understanding is that the rainbow includes all the colors of the spectrum that the human eye can see. And of course, we can combine all these colors to make different colors, but the array is complete in its beautiful variety and diversity. And if it weren't for the placement of the land, the rainbow would be a full circle, complete, without any color, without anything being left out. And here, God is saying in this moment of initiating covenant that God is making this covenant with all flesh, with all creation. There is no person, there is no creature who is left out. And we who are created represent the great variety and spectrum of diversity of God's creative spirit. And it is clear to me in this story that God's intention is that all would be included in God's declaration of love to creation. Another thing about the rainbow, just one more thing that I want to highlight this morning, and I know that you have lots of other ideas and other ways that this image of the rainbow speaks to you. But as I think about the rainbow, I remember when it appears to us. Now, I understand from Bible study that apparently there's a rainbow every day in Hawaii, but I've never been there, so I don't know. But for most of us in the world, the rainbow appears at rare and beautiful moments when the storm is not quite over. But the rainbow is a sign of hope that the sunlight is breaking through, that the storm will soon be over and there will be a new beginning and that the world has been cleansed and washed in the waters of the rains and the storms and we can start again. We're living in a season right now that feels like a transition moment Pastor Maggie talked about it in her Ash Wednesday sermon. This in-between place, which Katie Minnis called the grief hope sandwich. We're in a place where the storm is not yet over, and yet there are so many signs of hope. It seems to me we are emerging out of this time of pandemic as more and more people get vaccinated, as we watch the numbers go down, as people continue to do what we need to do to keep each other safe and healthy, we can begin to see 
there is a new day ahead. I've been really involved in some good conversations about fighting racism in our society and in our institutions and in our church. And those conversations are are inspirational and give me hope that a new day is coming and that so much of the storm and the pain that we have experienced, we remember together, we can emerge into a new day together from. Maybe in your own life, you've had an experience of, of storm and trouble And you see this sign of a rainbow as a reminder that God is with us in the storm and is always there to lead us forward into a new day. I have a good friend who told me her own experience with a rainbow. She was driving down the interstate one afternoon, had come through some terrible, scary storms with the windshield wipers didn't seem to help at all. And as the rain started to get lighter, she saw a rainbow on the road ahead of her. It seemed that the arc just ended on the interstate. And she wasn't sure what would happen, but she drove right toward that rainbow, and then she drove through it. And she described how it felt to pass through the colors of the rainbow. It was a spiritual experience for her. It was a miraculous moment. For that second, she felt connected with all of creation and infused with joy and hope. May the rainbow that we first encounter in this story of Noah, that was a sign in that moment of new creation, a renewal of all the earth, be for us too in this moment, in our life together and in our lives individually, a sign of the loving, constant presence of our God, who is even in this moment renewing us and leading us to a new day. Thanks be to God.